Hi, I'm Mark Fontaine and welcome to a brand new episode of the Service Design Show. Service design is a topic that many people find challenging to understand the value of. To many, it seems fluffy and hard to connect to how it actually creates business value. When you as a professional keep running into these conversations, it's easy to start doubting yourself. And this in turn prevents you from doing your best work. Even worse, you might start moving in a direction that isn't going to do your work a favor. I know a lot of service design professionals who feel that they are stuck. Stuck working on small and incremental stuff that never seems to make any real difference. Well, they want to work on meaningful and rewarding challenges where they can make a true difference. Unfortunately, many of them feel frustrated at the end of the day and potentially lose hope in the entire service design practice. Now, wouldn't it be great if you had a clear and compelling message that would help you to quickly show the value of your work to the people around you, especially non-designers. A message where you wouldn't have to dumb down your work, but also wouldn't have to go into all the complexities. And most of all, if you could tell it with a certain level of pride and confidence, because when you have a message that helps you to get buy-in and support for service design from the people who are calling the shots, everything gets easier and your work becomes so much more fun and the people will start appreciating your work and respecting you as a professional. But how to come up with this clear and compelling message isn't something that is addressed in service design books. So I decided to set up a program for professionals who want to develop this skill. The program is called Selling Service Design with Confidence. And as far as I know, it's the only program out there that has a specific focus on this topic. In 2021, we ran three cohorts of the program. And in this episode, I've invited four great participants from our last cohort to share their learnings with you today. So you'll learn about the challenges they face with regards to selling service design and what they are doing differently today to overcome these challenges and how it has impacted their careers. So after listening to this episode, you'll walk away with some very practical tips on how you can simply explain the value of your work to your client, manager or CEO and help you to understand what you need to focus on in your messaging and what is just noise that you can avoid. Of course, we do our best to give you as much value as we can through these episodes, but the reality is that we can only scratch the surface here. So if you'd like to dig deeper into this topic and invest in becoming a more mature professional, maybe you should consider joining our Selling Service Design with Confidence program. I've just scheduled the first cohort for 2022 and the deadline to apply for that cohort is January 31st. You might be thinking that's a long way out, but the weeks fly by in December. So if you want to get off to a great start in 2022 and give yourself the opportunity and maybe most importantly, the freedom to work on becoming a more mature professional, Check out the program at servicedesignshow.com slash selling and there you'll find all the details on how you can apply. As in every cohort, we have a limited number of seats available. So if you want to increase your chance of getting in, make sure you send in your application as soon as possible. And if you do that in December of 2021, you'll also be able to benefit from the discounted early bird price. So once again, for all the details, head over to servicedesignshow.com slash selling and you'll also find the link in the show notes of this episode. That's 
about it what i wanted to say in this introduction and now it's time to jump into the conversation with four service design professionals who are going to share their tips on how to sell service design with you let the show begin welcome to the show everyone hi mark that's a much better opening. Thank you for greeting me and greeting the whole service design community who's listening to this episode. Uh, we're going to share some lessons about getting buy-in support for service design, selling service design with confidence. That's the topic of today. Um, we're going to have four stories. So um, I really want to quickly jump in because uh, we have a lot of uh, to discuss and uh, I want to introduce our first participant uh, of the program, Marianne, uh, you're up first. Uh, welcome. Welcome to this episode. For the people who are listening, um, could you share a bit of context about your situation? Do you work in-house at an agency, big corporate? Are you a freelancer? What do you do? Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm a service design lead for a company called DXW. We're an agency and we mainly work for um, the public sector. So that means central government um, clients and also local government as well. And we do a bit of charity work um, too. So uh, the projects could range from um, helping understand how you can help local authorities work more collaboratively through to helping um different health trusts uh, do urgent referrals to emergency care, for example. So the sorts of projects we do really varies. We're not a very big company. There's about, um, I think, 75 of us at the moment, and we're based all around the UK. So we don't have one hub anymore. We're, we're all over the place. Hmm. And uh, have you always been in service design? As in, what's your background? Uh, I started out in product design, so designing like 3D products basically i discovered quite quickly i wasn't very good at translating what was in my head to a 3d form but um that led me to doing more user research type activities um so i spent a few years being more of a user researcher um i did some user research for philips electronics for a while and then when i came back to to the uk i moved into service design and ux design and that sort of thing because i felt like that was more where my interests lay hmm Awesome. Now that we know this uh, context, um, we had a uh, program for six weeks, almost seven now, around getting by and support uh, for service design. I'm really curious, what were some of the challenges that you were running into in regards to this topic? Um, I think part of the challenges were um challenge of myself, actually, just feeling more confident about talking about it. But I think um, often it's about getting service design to have enough time or attention from the right people at the right time in projects. So um, sometimes having ideas or being involved at the wrong times where you can't really have the impact that you'd like to have or projects finishing at the wrong time just as you're really getting going and able to, to have that impact. Um, so yeah, that's that was really the, the reason why I joined the course really. I wanted to get better at talking about it and finding ways to talk about it. And finding ways to talk about it at the right moments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so if you look at the things uh, that we uh, did throughout the program that you mostly did, because uh, most of the work is on all your shoulders, um, what's something that you took away from the program uh, that you were able to apply in your own context? Yeah, that's a really uh, difficult one to answer because there was so much <laughs> that we did. Um, it was a really good course. Um, I think 
what was really valuable is just dedicating that time, first of all, to do a lot of the thinking and going through these exercises. That really helped. Um, and I think focusing on the outcomes of service design rather than talking about the processes and the methods, that was quite a strong one. And um, it's really easy just to fall back on talking about, oh, we'll do a blueprint, we'll do a journey map. And that doesn't always um, land on stakeholders' ears very well. They want to know, well, what does that actually help me do? Um, so I've already tried to put that into practice, like speaking in a different way, um, taking a bit more time to get to the bottom of anyone's reservations if they are concerned about something you're proposing, actually spending that time like doing a mini research project on them um, so that you can make a better case because you have a better understanding. So really just doing what we normally do in our day jobs, trying to understand people and um, solve problems for them. Um, I really like the exercise where we talk about service designers like something um, it's the same uh, in that they're both about something, but different in that service design is about this. And I found that really tough to do, but it was really useful. And I, I plan to do that a bit more when I've got time um, with some of the team to think about how we might talk to different types of clients in different roles and how we could make sure that service design lands for them so they understand what it's about. Um, yeah, and I thought a really interesting point around just trying to find the right people to align yourself with. Um, we had a really interesting tutorial um, and she proposed that we we find that person that we that has sort of a decision maker basically figure out what is it they're trying to achieve and then make sure that anything you're advocating for any projects that you have um, aligns with what they're trying to do so that then it's easier to show the value because you're going with them rather than trying to take them off course into different things um, and then another really great one that's really easy to use was sort of flipping reservations on their head. So if, if people say, well, I'm not sure about doing that. What if this happens? And then coming back to that and saying, well, what's the risk if you don't do that? Um, that was a really strong one and easy to remember and apply as well. So loads of stuff. But I'd say those are the key ones that are really easy to bring into the day to day of working with people. That, that's already a lot like uh, and it's awesome uh it's a gold mine and i can imagine that somebody who's listening right now is thinking like ah oh, what's more i want to know what the whole story is behind this but uh for that you need to you know, like you said invest the time and that's maybe um the thing that i really enjoy about this uh, program that uh you permit you give yourself an excuse to think about these things otherwise you're just doing your day-to-day, -day, you're running, you're uh, delivering stuff, uh, and it's really hard to permit yourself this space to work on these quite important things. So, uh, yeah. Now, uh, you mentioned, I don't know, five, six, seven things you already got out of this, but if you have to narrow it down to one piece of advice, one tip that you uh, would like to give somebody who's maybe in a similar situation, what would you say to them? Um, I suppose first I'd say you're not the only one in this position. Um, I think we all learned working together um, that we're all having similar battles and struggles. But um, I think the one thing I would definitely say to them is that um, things that have to go absolutely perfect every time to choose um, the battles that they really want to focus on. And it's okay if it doesn't go right first time um, and just to keep trying really. And uh, that should hopefully be very uh, natural for us uh, if we consider that everything is just a prototype. Everything is just a prototype uh, and it doesn't have, it shouldn't be perfect. Um, thank you, Moran, um, uh, for sharing this with the community. And uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to move on to our next participants. Thanks. Um, we're heading uh, to Colombia, Bogota from uh, the UK. Michelle, welcome. Hi. 
How are you? I'm doing awesome. Really cool to have you on uh, the show. I think you were one of the first people who signed up for this group. So uh, awesome that you made it all the way till the end <laughs> and stuck with us in, in this program. Now, Michelle, uh, same question uh, I asked Marianne. Could you share a little bit about your context? What do you do? I'm a graphic designer, but I do a lot of consultants and service design and innovation. For my clients, most of my clients are life coaches, so I support their their like their teams, and I do a lot of innovation, a lot of um, ideation for the new programs. And another 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 kind of clients I have is are con constructions and everything that has to be with solar panels and all that. Okay. Well, what I find fa fascinating about your story, you are definitely not a quote unquote, a typical service designer, right? You're really uh, learning it on the job. You're excited about this. You've got in touch with this uh, some time ago, and now you're just taking it and running it and applying it in, in your own way. And I think that's, uh, that's really awesome. You don't have to have like a predefined service design background or perspective. You're just applying it wherever you can. Um, now, same question uh, again, uh, as I asked Marianne, what were the challenges that you were running into uh, with regards to this topic of getting buy-in and support for service design? The first was the, like, the first word of that come up, that pop to me when I saw the course was confidence. So it's like the power, the power you have to sell even though it, it's not uh, it not it's not service but whatever with whatever service so i was like okay confidence and i know sir, i i i have faith on service design but the but the challenge was how how should i um transmit all my knowledge to the client and not and let it him know and trust me that that will function so that was my challenge who, in which I started working. And well, now it's, well, I will talk about that. After. Yeah. So, so <laughs> uh, if that's the confidence part, like you and I recognize this from a lot of service design professionals, like we believe so passionately and so deeply in this methodology, uh, but still it's challenging to uh, get somebody as excited as we are about this. What was the consequence for you of having this struggle? Like you're seeing that this is valuable, but your clients aren't as fast to see this. What was the con consequence for you? The worst thing is we, uh, the, going to the wrongness of me. Like everything is wrong. Not everything is wrong, but me. So I was struggling with, okay, Michelle, you are not doing that well. The method it's not well applied. You can't um, you can't talk to people like that that way. So I was everything was on the wrongness on me. And on one thing I learned from this course was you are not wrong. And there are many people thinking the same thing I was mm. thinking that the problem was on me, but it's not on me. So it was like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. This is not only happening to me. 
And what would have happened if you sort of project uh, this uh, to a longer time frame and you you wouldn't have found this group? <laughs> no say I don't know. Like I was, um, I'm a person who is always looking for answers. So it was a, it is a time of my life when I'm I'm changing paths. So I was looking for answers, and then you came, and I was like, I need this. But it's like always keeping search, search, search. Mm. Never, never stop. But always, what else? What else? What else? So yeah, don't stop. So, <laughs> that's the yeah, that's the conclusion. Don't stop. Keep moving. Don't stop. Now, mm -hmm. um, I'm curious. What is the thing that you took away from the program? Were you able to take something, apply it already in your own practice, even though we're just wrapping up? Maybe there was already something that you could apply? Yeah. Um, actually, I was doing the the last thing about the experiment. And I didn't, I didn't acknowledge that I already did it. So I was so happy. Now, I'm so happy because... Yeah, I did the experiment and turn, it turned it to a um, good way. So the thing was like, okay, so I'm confident now. So now I can sell. So when I took my pants and everything, I put my 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 um, superpower service design um, thing, uh, I start selling. And now I have two new clients, so I'm so happy. And so, what did you do differently, or what did you, what? How did the program help you to get these two clients? Well, we there's a like a process during during the during the during the class. So I took that process. I took the first uh, comparison thing, like what would happen if you add service design to your product, and what if you don't use service design. So the reverse cycle. Mm -hmm. So that helped me to close the business and to, okay, go back to me and say, you are not wrong. You are super powerful. You can, you can do it. Go, go, go. Yeah. It's the worst thing that can happen. Like your, uh, your self-confidence, self-doubting, and uh, it's impacting the, the, the work you can deliver. Um, we shouldn't, we should, you should try to avoid those things. Now, um, if and you, there's something yeah? that is not on the on the on the course, but that talking to you, you told me that when we were struggling, struggling with uh, clients, you said to me, "Michelle, we deserve better clients." And when you said that, I was like <laughs> relieved. So we do, yeah. So that was like, yeah, I was thinking I have my man mindset that the client has the, the reason. So when you told me that I was, I'm free, I'm free. I'm <laughs> like, I don't have to have these clients who have, who wants, who are always right. So <sighs> yeah. Fire, fire your clients, the, the bad ones uh, yeah. and find, make room for better ones. Absolutely. So. Um, what would your tip be for somebody who's in a similar situation and listening to this? Mm, there, there is a change that you can't imagine when you start, but when you finish and you look back, 
there's another person who started. So if I can tell something for my past Michelle, I will say thank you because I I needed I needed this. Like we were so we were so lost, but now we have something to do. So it's like a leap of faith. If something pulls you from this course, do it, do it, do it, do it. You will find the answer. Awesome. I'm super happy to hear that and uh, that it's making a difference. That's the thing uh, we're after. And uh, I have to say, like, you did most of the work, right? I'm here just to facilitate you, to help you, to guide you through this journey of six, seven weeks. Uh, but you do the work. And uh, yeah, congratulations <laughs> on doing this and pushing through. Uh, awesome, Michelle. Thank you um, uh, for this and for sharing this. I'm going to move on to our next participant and we're going back from Colombia to Germany. Hey, Judith. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yes, really awesome to hear your experience uh, about selling service design. But before we do that, we'd love to know a bit more about your situation. Could you please enlighten us? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm... Um UX designer, Swiss army knife kind of person in a company that is doing software and uh, consultancy for uh, governments. So especially so social services. And uh, while well, we're doing a new generation of um, software and I'm the, the UX person in that project. So you're the UX person. What makes you interested in learning how to sell service design? Well, especially when you look at um, the the new laws that say selling, um, saying that you need to have a digitalized world and everything needs to be applied online. That also means that products need no new processes that you have to rethink things. So applying for social service online is uh, maybe another process in a new software than in than it was in the old one, because if you have a shitty process and you did dig digitalize it, then you have a shitty digitalized process. So we have to, or I have to think of what do the customers, as in the clients. Um, that are like us applying for for something in social services and the people that are working at the government need to make this a nice streamlined process um, and have a fulfilling software hmm. and you're in this typical situation where you are a design team of one surrounded by engineers uh and the the one uh, the user advocate like standing with the flag of the user trying to uh, get more human centeredness uh, inside everything you do right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and I know a lot of uh, people in the community who are in a similar situation so uh, a lot of challenges I can imagine around that but if you had to pick one like what was the biggest challenge that you were running into. Well, I think the biggest challenge is um, that on the one side, people are saying, like, we want a new product. We want people to be thrilled when they use it. It needs to be streamlined. It needs to be nice and people need to love it. But then on the other hand, there's this um, problem that you 
have to say, like, when you want a product that people are thrilled about, then will you need to have the people involved? Because they are the only ones that can tell you this is doing something for me. And uh, well, this is typically the, the most challenging part because people kind of feel like stepped on their toes when you say like, well, we need to engage the people that are using it. And people are feeling like, well, we've been doing products for 30 years. We know everything. So that is a, a very, very big challenge, at least for me. And I think a lot of other people in this business do have the same problems, whether it's washing machines or coffee machines yeah. or whatever it is. It always is like, we know everything and you're just basically there to well, put old wine in new shiny bottles. Mm. And mm. Well, that doesn't excite users. People are not thrilled by old wines in new shiny bottles. And yeah, we have to advocate that we need to involve users for products that excite. Yeah, and that's that's uh, like that co-creation part and that beginner's mind and that openness to learn. Uh, that's super challenging in our environments, which are very um, driven by expertise, where people have a lot of heritage and expertise. And breaking through that, that's um, yeah, that is that is tough. Um, so a lot of people will probably recognize this challenge. Was there anything in the program that you thought, well? that was helpful for me in this situation related to this or maybe to something else on selling service design? Yeah, there was one thing um, and it was about the return of invest of our work. And we had a coaching call between you and me. And um, well, there was something that you said to me because I was trying to figure out like, what is my return of invest for my company? And, um, and how I could do that and with whom, like, is it with my boss or with the middle management? And there was something that you said to me um, that really, like, make me feel more lightweight afterwards. You said, it is not your job to sell the value of uh, UX design or the processes. Somebody hired you. And if they if people don't want to use that, it is not your job or responsibility to wiggle yourself into uh, the process so you'd be able to do your work. And that was really helpful for me because I always felt like I was responsible and if the product is not good, that's my that's kind of my fault. And I do I have to do change management. Of course, we all have to sell kind of our stuff. But then, as Michelle said, like, we need better clients. We have the right to have good clients. And if they don't want it, then then it's not our responsibility to, like, really push until we break. Mm. That was yeah. really helpful. And something I'll, I'll tell everyone now um, that is in the same situation as I am. Yeah, again, happy to hear that uh, these conversations uh, make a difference. Uh, often I'm not even aware of the things I say, and uh, I'm happy that uh, in some cases it does make sense. Uh, this is, I, I would say, like, you need to be set up for success. There is so much you can do uh, in your work. And uh, 
if you are in a context situation environment where like everything, all the odds are against you, like how far can you go? You have to be realistic around that. And uh, like you said, somebody hired you uh, and it's mostly their job to make sure that you have everything you need to do the work you were hired for and as good as possible. And if that's not possible, then maybe it's not the right fit. That might be a different conclusion, right? So, um, awesome. Would that also be the tip you would like to give people or did you have something else? Well, that's, that's the one tip. <laughs> yeah. And the other tip is like party people do this program because it is really, really helpful to find new ways of communication between you and your stakeholders. Because with this program, I, I learned like, what, what is the, which are the right words? How can I um, easily explain what UX or service design is, but also like to tap on the expectations of the goals and also the challenges that the project or the clients might have and to clarify it. So, um, so at the end that creating a new great product isn't as much of a moving target as it sometimes feels like, you know, we want something great. Ah, oh, no, well, no, we don't have budget for user research, but um, so it becomes less of a moving target and more of a tangible objective. So mm. do this course. Listen. <laughs> Thank you for this advertorial. Uh, that's uh, I'm happy that you're uh, that you got value out of this. And uh, if, if like you got the language and you got some uh, tools and methods to have this conversation, how how is how is your situation different compared to six weeks ago? Is is a way to summarize that? I think I have more confidence in like asking the right questions um, with different stakeholders. Like I asked my boss a couple of days ago, like, what is my responsibility? What is my return of invest? This is my salary. Am I a change manager or what What am I supposed to do? And well, he's a new boss, so he has to think it, think about it. But um, uh, and that that gives me more confidence and also to push others into giving me answers instead of just always being put in the corner and people wanting things from me. I can now say things that make it clear that people need to tell me things as well, like they have responsibilities as well in this whole process. Mm. It makes me more confident. <laughs> Yeah, and it sounds like you're having better conversations and better conversations for everybody. Like everybody will benefit if you're asking the right questions, if you're asking questions that might be tough sometimes or some people might not want to hear, but uh, in the end will lead to better work or no work at all. Like you you move away from doing that. Uh, now, well, like you said, that, that uh, moving target kind of work where success is really ill-defined and everybody ends up frustrated. Like you're moving away from that by having better conversations uh, with people around you. Exactly. And I'm doing a workshop tomorrow for all new colleagues. Like I do that every, every couple of months. 
a UX workshop and I'm going to use some of this input here to enable other people to have this sort of conversations in their projects, even if they are not the UX person, but the methods are good for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Like the thing that we that we sort of go through, the framework that we go through in the program, like it's not something new. I, I just took a lot of the things that are very well known in sales, in communication, and just applied them to our field of service design. So it's it's like in a lot of cases, it's proven technology, which just hasn't been yet applied to the world of service design. And like that's remixing, <laughs> which I which I absolutely love. Um, thank you for sharing, Judith, and good luck tomorrow with your with your workshop. I'm uh, I'm definitely going to hear how how that went. Um, now we're moving to our final destination, and we're taking our uh, COVID-free plane uh, from Germany to Spain. Uh, hello, Mina, are you there? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Hello, Mark. Sounds hello. like the Eurovision Song Festival. And <laughs> some, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, Mina, uh, you're up last, uh, but definitely not least. Uh, I'm also curious if you could share a short introduction of uh, what you do these days. All right. Um, yeah, well, my name is Mina Rodriguez. And just to say uh, um, complete, I was born Mexican, but living in Madrid, Spain. I am the global service design leading in Navanad. Avanad is a tech consultancy that is actually owned partially by Accenture and partially by Microsoft. So basically, we help to address problems related to consultancy for both parties. We have our own clients as well, and we have a um, decent amount of service designers within the company around the world. I will say around 100 or something like that. Decent. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like uh, in the case of Judith, most of this this company is um, the population is mostly engineers, you know, and we have business people and different kinds of roles. I mean, we aim to take service design as part of the company becoming instead of product led to strategy led and service design has something to do with that. Hmm. From product led to strategy led, that's a good transformation. And you're the global service design lead, right? Yes, I am. And what was your background? How did you get into a role like that? Okay, I probably older than I look. So yeah, my background is uh, graphic design. I just studied graphic design back then in the university many years ago. And then I evolved to visual design, then UI design, then UX design. And here I am with service design. And what? I wonder what the future holds for me, yeah? But <laughs> it keeps evolving. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, it keeps evolving. And a lot of people got into service design like that through evolution and rediscovering, discovering new areas, new challenges, new uh, issues to be uh, solved. So um, you're in a pretty decent sized organization. A lot of designers around you, even more engineers around you. What were some of the challenges that you were running into as a lead? As a lead, I mean, as a lead, what they expect from you is that you help to prepare and sell and integrate service design within a company. For we have experienced the same talent community that was easy as a cake because everyone understands more or less what a service design, and if you try to explain to them, they get it easily. 
But we would talk about engineers, uh, business people, salespeople, and other people that are related to solution projects and problems for clients. Uh, it's very hard to convey what is the value of, of service design or even strategic design sometimes. So the main challenge is to actually translate uh, the value of design to these people so they can help our clients and help themselves to, to use this methodology to, to empower our projects. So, so yeah, yeah. And ex explaining the value of design to non-designers. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was the consequence of that? So uh, it was challenging, but uh, somebody could say, so what? It is still challenging, but after thinking, I mean, I'm going to do the commercial right here because I feel it, it, is, it fits. After taking this course, I think it's way easier now. I mean, I, since this is a big organization, we need to prepare speeches we need to you know separate uh, people's time and etc but i think that the one thing that uh was yeah actually a flow approach was to try to teach them what was service design or even a strategic design we even have advisory in this firm like advisory services and they actually also have difficult times because we try to educate people on this and maybe they don't actually need to be educated no? This is one one. This one was one of the learnings of this course that uh, if I just focus in the outcomes of service design, outcomes that are relevant to the projects, outcomes that the people that are not designers can relate to, you know, it will be much easier for everyone and easier for sell at, for selling at the same time. So, what kind of outcomes? Can you give an example? Like, oh, how how are you talking about it right now compared to what you did maybe previously? Customer long-term value, for example, um, possible consequences of not applying this uh, methodology to this project of this work. No. So another thing is that I speak about small engagements instead of big engagement, like because you know, user service design ideally takes time. You know, it takes a lot of time. Depends if you want to do it correctly, but it will start small, but taking in account the biggest, the bigger roadmap. Uh, stopping ourselves and analyzing the situation, asking the important questions, and then deciding upon that, we will be able to to deliver and sell service design. There are some areas that actually are doing already that, like France. Hmm. And you mentioned uh, uh, something about oh, now I it ah oh, talking about outcomes. Yes, you mentioned talking about outcomes. Was there anything else, a uh, small thing that you maybe took uh, away from the, the exercises, the homework uh, that you were able to test out and see what, what happened? I actually test, what, one, one of the things that I really like is that you force us to call our, our previous clients and to learn their opinions of about what they remember of us. You know? So I call a client that I had like three years ago I can ask, okay, how, what problem we solve for you, for you? And it actually was a user experience uh, project that had an impact with a lot of people. It's a bank, right? And she only remembered the digital things, you know, <laughs> the, the, the screens, I don't know, the, the digital journey. I'm, she could kind of see the, the value over time because this is still going good and it has no problems. But uh, I mean, 
it was a good learning to, to learn that in the end, no? that maybe we are, you know, selling, instead of selling the outcomes, we are trying to sell the process and that probably nobody wants to buy the process, but students like us. <laughs> It's uh, and uh, almost nobody reflects on this and talks about this. So I'm happy that you mention it because uh, there are some uh, challenging moments throughout the program where you are forced to uh, interact with past clients, with new clients. Uh, this isn't just a theory. Like this isn't just reading a book and then uh, soaking up some some models or some knowledge. You actually have to get out there. Uh, confront uh, uh, some of your own fears. Uh, but like you said, when you do that, that's probably the fastest way to learn. And um, I would, I don't know, but I'm curious, how, how likely would you say the chance would be that you would have approached a, a former client without going through something like this? No, I don't think I will. I mean, because normally we don't do, do the follow-up, the projects, and that is really sad. I, I don't know if this is only a one thing of consultancy, that we close a project and we leave to never go back and look back, you know? But uh, I mean, I think I will do it this more often. And also as well with internal stakeholders to learn about their experience with us. I mean, what they remember about their interaction with us. And by learning this, by forcing ourselves to actually get this feedback, we can improve. And that's the only way that we can improve actually. Yeah, and this is this is such a small but simple and very um, powerful thing. Like, just call up a former client, have a conversation about what value you created. Like, it's so simple, uh, but it's so so eye opening, and you'll be surprised by the things they remember and say. Like, uh, it might be aligned with what you hope, but in many cases, it's not, and it's great to know. <laughs> that's uh, that's my experience. Yeah. Um, Anything else, any other small tip that you would like to give somebody who is maybe in a similar situation? Don't give up and be patient. I know, I, I mean, I can only speak about my experience in big consultancies like Accenture or Avana, you know, like these ones. You're always in a hurry. You're always in a hurry and going to the next project and looking for the next project and speaking to people. So you don't stop yourself to ask, you know, the, the big and important questions. And it's not only a matter of uh, should we do I mean, do we have to do this. Is Should we do it? Is this the correct way to address it? And not, not even taking into account the opinion or possible objections of the other stakeholders, right? So uh, be patient, ask the questions, stop, for God's sake, stop, you know, and take this course, by the way. It will help you a <laughs> lot, to be honest. Yeah, stop and asking the big questions. I'm happy uh, that you sort of took that away as well. I think uh, like we can um, prevent so much uh, frustration and pain like with everybody if we take the time to have those important conversations at the start, get better at them. Like you did already said, like asking those questions um, and just knowing that those are the things that need to be discussed at the start. So uh, yeah. As you've made it all the way here, I assume you enjoy the conversation. It's an important topic that needs to be addressed more often in our community. And once again, I want to thank these four courageous professionals who are willing to come on and share their journey with you.
if you also feel that you're sometimes stuck and don't seem to be able to get the message about the value of your work across, which is in turn preventing you from working on more meaningful and rewarding challenges, developing the skill on how to sell service design might just be the right next step in your career. As I've shared at the start of this episode, early bird registration for the first cohort of the Selling Service Design with Confidence program in 2022 has just started. The early bird closes at the end of December, so now it's a great time to make a commitment to invest in yourself in the new year. As there are a limited number of seats available in the program, there is an application process before you are allowed in. For all the details on how you can apply, head over to servicedesignshow.com selling and the link is also in the show notes of this episode. I want to thank you for being part of this Service Design Show community. Keep making a positive impact and I'll catch you very soon in a brand new episode of the Service Design Show.